Good morning. morning. You're happy to be here? Say amen. Amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And we hope and pray, as mentioned in our opening inspirational statement, we are here to worship. And I hope and pray that you come for no other reason but to render worship unto God, who is so worthy and deserving. Last week we completed our tent meeting down the road in Jenkinsburg and Burt and I want to thank all of you who came out supported that effort I truly believe it was a great success even though many of the residents in the apartment complex didn't come sit under the tent they sat out on the front porch or they sat in their cars the key is they heard the message I believe it was a great effort, and I believe it was a great success, and I believe it's something we need to continue doing as commanded by our Lord to go. Amen. Amen. To go. Amen. Many have become complacent and saying, well, we invited people, but the charge is to go. Amen. Don't stop inviting. That's all fine, well, and good. But inviting should not supersede going. We need to do what the Lord commands us to do. And that is, in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, we need to go. There are those who may not ever set foot in the physical structure of what we call a church building. But that is no excuse for us not to go. The Lord knows people. Therefore, he charges us to go take the message to them. Some of those residents may come and visit in the future. Some may still never set foot in this structure. But they have heard. They have heard the gospel. They have been demonstrated uh, in effort. We have demonstrated unto them that there are people who care about their soul. So therefore, they are left with no excuse. If they don't come, we go. Even if they don't come, we still go. Our charge is to go. Let's keep that in the forefront of our minds that we are not doing God some big grand favor by showing up for worship as if we've done all that needs to be done and we've we've invited people but they won't come no the charge is go so I'm hoping and praying that 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 particular tent meeting won't be the last and if it's God's will and I have the strength in me from God, it won't be the last. That will become a recurring event. Maybe not always in the summer. We'll do it in the fall, and maybe summer complaint is too cool then. Whatever your excuse, we're going to go. Because there are souls out there that need to hear about this loving Savior that left heaven's throne and came to lay down his life 
that you and I can have eternal life. Is that all right? right. On Wednesday night in my lesson, right before the storm blew in, many say that was a record-setting sermon. It was 15 minutes long. And some, well, let me say, many said, man, what if we could get that Sunday? Keep wishing. But nevertheless, mission complete. And let us continue to pray for the residents at the Miller Apartments that their hearts may be prayed and that they may come to know Jesus before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Is that all right? It's all right. I do want to kind of piggyback from that lesson on Wednesday. It, it was a lot that I didn't get to really touch on. Right. But nevertheless, we're going to pick up today and we're going to finish where we finish. Over in Isaiah 53, verse 4, the Bible says, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. He took our pain and bore our suffering. Verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds... Or by his stripes, we are healed. In other words, what we should have been in line to receive, what punishment we should have received for our rebellious behavior, being stiff-necked, being unruly, desiring not to have God in our heart, Jesus instead received it for our purpose. Verse 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. As I stated Wednesday in the days of Noah, God instructed Noah to build an ark. And God delivered Noah and his family. Because of Noah's obedience to the commands of God. And because of the righteous lifestyle Noah lived before God. He found favor in the sight of God. Through his obedience. God brought about a great flood over the earth. And destroyed every breathing creature that was found outside of the ark after God closed the door. And after that great flood, we look around again at the situation of man. Once again, in shame, rebellious spirit, stiff-necked, committing unnatural acts among each other and before God. Rejecting the word of truth because men love darkness and they don't want to hear anything about the light. John 3, 19 and 20. 
And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are now evil just as they were evil back then. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But watch God. Watch what God does. Instead of God handing down His wrath upon mankind because men don't want to obey. Men do not want to deny themselves. Men do not want to hear what is right. Men do not want to live in holiness. Men do not want to strive in purity. Men want to do what they want to do and instead of God handing down his wrath upon man. Look at what God did. But instead of giving up on mankind and just destroying the human race, God had compassion. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. So instead of God doing what was right in accordance in his own sight giving us what would have been a true justice because of our behavior and evil thinking God demonstrated compassion his compassion brought about sending his only begotten son down from heaven his compassion involved long suffering Allowing his son to come down from heaven in the form of a man to eliminate any excuse that man could have for not obeying and following the instructions of righteousness. Because it was Jesus who took upon him the form of a man in the flesh. And he suffered. Even unto the cross he suffered. Therefore we have no excuse and saying, no one understands what I'm going through. No one understands the pain that I have. No one understands my situation. Therefore, God should understand why I'm not faithful. God should understand why I don't live right the way I should. But no, Jesus coming eliminated that. Because there's no pain you can imagine that Jesus doesn't already know about. There's no situation you can be faced with or confronted with or live in that Jesus does not understand. So God, by giving his only begotten son, eliminated any and every excuse we could possibly have in serving and being righteous. You don't have to say amen, but I know it's the truth. Instead of rewarding man with what we truly deserve, we were awarded, as we said Wednesday night, the but God waver. Instead of death, we find in Ephesians 2, the Bible said, but God. But God, who is rich 
and mercy, love, long-suffering, patience. But I want you to understand something else that's very important. Everything that Jesus did, he did it personally for you and for me. In Ephesians 2 it said, but God. But I want to add something else to that but God. Because of our adultery instead of death, but God, right? Instead of death for fornication, it was but God. Instead of uncleanliness, but God. Instead of death for lasciviousness, it was but God, right? But let me also add on, in addition to all of those waivers God granted because of our rebellious spirit and attitude, we need to really take a close look at some of the things Jesus went through for you and for me. And understand he did it for me and for you. And each and every one of us should take it very personable. Jesus, in John 18, it outlines his arrest. Jesus went about his business, teaching, being an example. And then he was arrested for teaching the truth. Why was he arrested? For me. He did it for me. John 18 and 22, the Bible said that he was slapped. He was slapped around. Why was he slapped around? Because he spoke the truth and he was of the light and did not abide in darkness. Why was he slapped? He was slapped for you and for me. Matthew 26 and 67, 6 and 7, Matthew 27 and 30, the Bible says the soldier spat in his face. Man, it's, it's, I, I believe I could take a beating rather than to be spat on. Now you're talking about a degrading, a disrespectful act that someone can do to another human being is to spit on them. But the Bible says that that was a group of soldiers. And to show their disapproval of the Son of God, a man with no sin, a man who only came to do good in this world, they spat on him. Why did he take it? Why didn't he call on angels and say, enough is enough? Because he did it for you. And he did it for me. See, before we got to the but God, Jesus had to go through something. And so often, we overlook what Jesus had to suffer and go through. 
Maybe that's why we don't appreciate the but God the way we ought to appreciate it. Yeah. Jesus was scourged. Yeah. Scourging means a, a whipping or lashing, especially for the infliction of punishment or torture. They beat him unmercifully. Yeah. They beat him unto his skin. Fell open. Why? What wrong did he do? What sin did he commit to receive such an act of punishment? What did Jesus do to receive this scourge? He didn't do anything wrong. Man. He did it for you and he did it for me. Man. He did it so that we don't have to be taken out and flogged and beat down. He did it so that we don't have to suffer the things that he suffered and he had no sin. Just imagine what we would be deserving of. Man. Man. Why would he take it? Why would he put himself through such? Oh, you should be saying praise God and thank God yeah. that he did. Yeah. He did it for you. And he did it for me. They hung him between two thieves. Matthew 27 and 38. They hung him between two thieves. Now hold up. Let's, let's get a picture of this. The son of man. Yeah. Righteous. Holy. No sin. No gal found in his mouth. Pure, even in his thinking. But the best you can do, and I say best, meaning this is the worst they can think of to show shame and to try to humiliate him. You hang him between two things. Why? Because he did it for you. And he did it for me. Amen. And even while he hung there, one thief lashed out at him. As others did on the ground. Yeah. Challenging him to save himself, to come down from the cross. Yeah. Thank God he didn't listen. Amen. Thank God he wasn't caught up in himself with pride. Yeah. Feeling or thinking he had to prove to them who he was. Thank God it meant more to pleasing his father than it was to please them, to show them he could have come down if he wanted to. Amen. Why would he continue to hang there and receive the insults. Mark 15 and 32. Why would he continue to hang there. And listen to these folks. Shoot off their mouth. Because right. he did it for you. And he did it for me. Man. Because if he had not. His mission could not have been completed. To deliver us. 
to deliver you and to deliver me out of darkness to be reconciled back unto God. That's why when we read in Ephesians 2, it said, but God. That's why we should should shout and thank God for the waiver he has given us instead of death. He gave us a butt. But his butt is full of mercy, love, it's long suffering. And I don't understand how we can't get excited about that. Realizing that if it had not been for Jesus suffering and going through what he has been through. And when you stop and consider erasing any excuse we may have in serving him. You could sit here this morning and talk about your crisis in your life. But there's no crisis in your life. Bigger than Jesus. Amen. You can sit here this morning and talk about what well, brother man you just don't understand. And you know what? You're absolutely right. I may not. And it's not my job to understand. That's right. That's right. But I can assure you Jesus understands. Amen. That's why Jesus told you to come unto him. Yeah. Not me. Right. He didn't say come unto the preacher. All ye that labor. Jesus said, you come unto me. Amen. So often we spend so much effort and energy trying to justify to stay in the cesspool of our failures because we don't want to do any more than what we're doing. So we spend energy justifying why we just don't want to move forward and trust Jesus All right. and do better. All right. Thank God that he did not reward us with what we were deserving of. Thank God for Jesus' suffering. Thank God for the but God in Ephesians chapter 2. Let us understand and know there is no excuse There's no excuse. Whatever you're going through in your life, there is no excuse not to be faithful and serving our Lord. Jesus declares in John 8 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, that ye shall die in your sins. If you've come to the point in your life this morning that you believe your circumstances and your problems are bigger than what Jesus, bigger than who Jesus is, you're going to die in your sins. Jesus is bigger than your words. He's bigger than your unruly child or children. He's bigger than your, your combative spouse. He's bigger than anything you can, um, you can mention or you can bring up. He's bigger than your unfair boss on the job. Right. So being that Jesus 
is who he is. And he's bigger than any situation or problem in your life. You know what? You need to believe in him. And not only just confess him with your mouth. You need to believe in him through obedience and doing his will. That's That's right. Jesus said, why call ye me Lord? Lord, but you don't do the things. That I say. If he's your Lord, obey him. Respect him. Believe in him. Jesus says in Luke 13, 3 and 5. I tell you nay. Except you repent. You shall all likewise perish. Verse 5. I tell you nay. Except you repent. You shall all likewise perish perish man there needs to be a change this morning yeah in the way you think yeah there needs to be a change in the direction you're heading all right you're frustrated all the time you feel like giving up you're mad all the time why are you mad all the time why are you frustrated all the time jesus said i've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Evidently, there's an absence of the promises of Jesus in your life when every time you look around, you're mad, you're frustrated, you're ready to give up, you're running around from one church to another looking for something. Something's missing in your life. Man. Stop running. That's right. Grow up. Yeah. Fill up with the Spirit. Man. And allow Jesus to rule in your life. Yeah. Jesus declares in John 3 and 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There must be a change. You've tried everything you know to try. And it's only brought you more problems, more difficulties. Put you in more debt. Straining you, got you in poverty. That's because you've done it your way. That's right. Well, it's time to try Jesus. Amen. Jesus said in John 3, 5 and 7, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. You must. Because Jesus said it. Man. You want peace? He said, I give you peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. But it's not on your terms. It's on his terms. Amen. You want rest? He said, I give you rest. Yeah. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I give you rest. He didn't say sleep. That's right. See, many of us now, that's our problem. We, we, we exist today from day to day on, on, on popping a pill to sedate us. 
Then we pop another pill to wake us up. Come on now. Then sometimes we pop another pill or we drink and stuff to stay awake. Right. right. That ain't the life of a Christian. Man. Right. You won't rest. Jesus said, I give it to you. Yeah. I have it. Yeah. But you can only receive it on his terms, not yours. Amen. What are you looking for this morning? God has done everything that needs to be done. Jesus has done everything that needs to be done in order for you and I to have a place in heaven. That's right. That's right. To receive eternal life. Even in this life, all things are ready. Yeah. But it takes a willing mind, a spirit of denial yeah. to get self out of the way. That's it. And trust in God yeah. that He will do what He said He would do. Man. Hebrews 11 and 6 said, For without faith, it's impossible to please him. Man. We're living in times now, even folks in the church running from one place to another, running, running, running. And you ask God, what are you looking for? Right. Jesus said, I'm the way, That's right. the truth, and the life. If you're looking for the truth, Jesus said, I'm here. That's right. You're looking for the way. Jesus said, I'm the way. Yeah, yeah. You're looking for the way of living. He said, I'm that life. Mm -hmm. But the problem is so many, they're not looking for what they should be looking for. Amen. And when you're looking for the wrong thing, the devil will give you the wrong thing. Yes, he will. And you'll find your life in shambles. You'll find yourself without rest. You'll find yourself not at peace. You'll even find yourself not being able to get along with people. That's right. Even the smaller things aggravate you and agitate you so much because if you ain't at peace with the Lord, you can't be at peace with anybody. Man. You can't even be at peace with yourself. And if you're not at peace with yourself, how in the world are you going to find peace with anybody else? That's right. The invitation is extended to you today. God has extended the avenue of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And he has offered the waiver. That for the charges that should have been, that should have convicted us to eternal damnation, he provided us a waiver. Those works of the flesh, strife, wrath, immolation, variance, hatred, witchcraft, idolatry, lasciviousness. All those things that should have convicted us and sent us to an eternal separating place in hell from God. God is so rich in mercy. He spared you this morning. He spared me this morning. Amen. And he continues to give us the opportunity and the time 
to keep it right or to get it right. Yeah. And I'm asking you today, what is your situation? God allowed his best to suffer. And even after he suffered and died on that cruel cross, they buried him. Yeah. But let me, let me tell you something about the love of God and the power of God. God saw fit not to let him stay there. Amen. On the third day, that was a rumble. That was a shake. Yeah. That was a rattle and roll. You think that came from pop music or, or rock music. But the shake, rattle, and roll came long before the rolling stones. Right. This shake, rattle, and rolling came when the stone was rolled away. Yeah. That God saw fit to raise his son up from the dead. Yeah, yeah. Why did he do it? He did it for you. And he did it for me. Man. To let us know that all things, all things are at his command. All power is given unto him in heaven and earth. The grave didn't have the power to hold him. Right. Death didn't have the sting to paralyze him. Right. He rose. He got up. Yeah. And he got up declaring victory over the grave. So that you and I might believe. That greater is he. That is in me. Than he that is in the world. Right. Why won't you accept him as your savior? Why won't you believe him? As his child. Stop complaining. Stop doubting. Stop falling into the trap of complaining. And, and talking about. Oh woe is me. You're blessed. Look at what we've been spared from. Look at the suffering Jesus took upon himself. For us. Go back to Isaiah 53. By his stripes. We are healed. Do you hear me? By his stripes. Yeah. Through what he suffered and went through. He did it for you. And he did it for me. I ask you today. If that's not enough. To prove. His love. I don't know anything else. I don't know anything else. That might persuade you. Right. It's amazing. We can believe the lie of a man that will walk up to us and tell us anything and we don't even know it. We can accept and trust the, the doctor who can write on a piece of paper and you can't even read what it is. And you got enough faith in that doctor to believe what he's writing is in your best interest. And then you take that piece of paper that you can't read or decipher and give it to a pharmacist who you don't know and they read it and you trust that pharmacist that they're going to give you the right medication. You don't even know this pharmacist. 
but you got enough trust and somebody that you pay a co-payment to. Come on now. You got enough faith and trust and a pharmacist that you ain't never met in your life. Right. And the only reason they know your name is because it's written on that piece of paper. Yeah. And you will take what, what they prescribe from that prescription. But yet, God gave his best. And he declared, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him and you'll walk out of here today not being baptized for the remission of your sin. Something ain't right with that. The doctor didn't hang on the cross for you. The pharmacist didn't hang on the cross for you. And God didn't declare the doctor nor the pharmacist as his beloved son. And whom he is well pleased. Something's wrong when you got more faith in a man. Than you do in the true and one living God. What's our song, Jerry? I mean, 598. 598 is our invitation song. 598. Make a decision today. Jesus to be your Lord because one day you're going to acknowledge it. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. Wouldn't it just make sense to do it willfully and be saved than to do it against your will and still lose your soul. But the bottom line is you're going to acknowledge him. Why don't you do it today? Today! While it's still yet time in your life. Let us together stand. I want